Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This episode of the Therapy as a Christian podcast is brought to you by my free webinar that I will be doing August 11th at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time called How to Find a Therapist, Sis. I get the question all the time, Rosalind, can you help me find a therapist? Can you recommend somebody to me? I'm a little skeptical and on the fence because I think the process is going to be so hard to find one. I'm going to walk you through step-by-step, live and direct for you to ask me questions Anything you want to know about how to find a therapist. And I am also going to be showing you what to look for in their profiles, how to pay for a therapist. Can you use your insurance? All of the tea I'm spilling, sis. Additionally, when you register, you will be entered into a drawing to win a free copy of my therapy reflection journal. I am picking three winners live on the webinar as my gift to you for taking the step to go to therapy, but you're only able to be entered into the drawing if you register. I'm taking 50 people, so make sure you sign up. The link will be below. And if the website is up and you're able to register and confirm, that means you were one of my 50 people. So make sure you sign up. Again, the webinar is called How to Find a Therapist. I'm doing it August 11th at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. I cannot wait to see you. Now, let's get into the show. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy as a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Rosa Renee. Welcome to another episode of the show. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to be back in front of the microphone with you this week. I am going to be talking about a topic that is actually going to be from one of my survey answered um So if you didn't know, I have a survey. Please go to the link below to fill out the survey. But um, this has been an episode that is kind of like um, this topic has kind of been consistently coming up in the the middle of the survey. So I wanted to talk about it. And so we're going to get into that in just a minute. But, you know, we got to start the episode with a little bit of housekeeping. So I am going to actually start a segment of my podcast called Listener Shout Out. So first of all, let me just say that your girl is on a roll with these podcasts. Let's just praise God. Hold on. Let's have a moment of praise. Okay, thank you, Jesus. So I am going to start a segment called Listener Shout Out. I had... Um, because I get messages from you all about you listening to the podcast. I thought that it would be fun to add in when people send me messages, shouting them out on the podcast. So this 
shout out is going to be for she gave me her whole name, but I feel like I should just say her first name. But I, she sent her both her first and last name. So I'm just going to, I guess, just shout her out. So Talina Stone sent me a message on Instagram and this is her message. She said, hello, I started listening to your podcast literally three days ago. I discovered it on Pinterest, which was really interesting to me. Um, but that wasn't what she said. She said, I discovered it on Pinterest. It was podcast for Christian women and yours stuck out to me for some reason. I listened to one for the past three days. Thanks for being obedient to the Lord. I passed your podcast on to coworkers and my friend. Thank you, Talina, for listening. It's so interesting that she found it on Pinterest because I didn't even know people had the podcast posted on Pinterest. I tried to go look. I couldn't find it. I was like, this is just Holy Spirit because there's no way that I could even, again, when I tell you guys, there's no way that I could ever plan for how you guys find me. And it's all Holy Spirit, and I'm so thankful. So thank you for sending me that message. If you have recently found the podcast, shoot me a message on Instagram. I would love to give you a shout out because it just warms my heart to know like people are listening. And thank you, Talina, for passing it to your coworkers and friends. It is super exciting that this message is going to be getting out to them as well. So send me um, a DM on Instagram um, and follow me on there as well. So... I'm also announcing, and you might have heard in the intro, um, that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by my webinar, Help Me Find a Therapist, sis. I'm doing a webinar on August 11th at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time for you if you are looking for a therapist. I get this question all the time, and so I'm going to be giving you the step-by-step process on how to research, find, and book a therapist. I'm going to give you all of the tea, all of the info, and it's going to be, I'm going to literally like do, um, it's going to be a like Skype call, Zoom call, um, where you will actually be able to see my screen, look for how to look up a, a therapist's specialties, how to look up their experience, how to be able to find their picture, because I just feel like sometimes it can be so hard to find a therapist and you want to find the right one. I'm going to walk you through the process. This webinar is 100% free of charge. I'm doing this because I just really want to do it and I am so excited. So if you want to sign up and register for the webinar, I'm only taking 50 people, please go to the link below and sign up for the webinar. Um, Last but not least, please um, do the survey, like I said, and then rate the podcast. So I am getting a lot of new listeners. Y'all rate the podcast if you enjoy it. Leave a review This just helps people be able to find the podcast when they go to other podcasts. It shows up below um, my picture and being able to get this message out. So please share and rate the podcast. It means the world to me, but also I just would love for other people to listen to this. So let's get into it. So I've been like really um, the last couple of days, I've been doing lives on Instagram. If you follow me, um, Shout out to Tan- uh, Tangi and Olympia. Those are my girls. They always be on live with me. <laughs> and so I um, been doing Instagram lives and uh, just randomly talking about different things. 
And one of the things that I did a a live stream on with Charm, we were talking about um, Mrs. Charm Lewis. If you are familiar with her, she's awesome. We were talking about relationships. And one of the things that she had said was that Jesus's entire role was to come to set the captives free. And y'all, so I am going to read this scripture to you. Um, It is Luke 4 and 18, and it says, and I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. So Luke 11 and Luke 4 and 18, it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed be set free, and that the time of the time of the Lord's favor has come. So we kind of emphasize this is again Luke 4, 18 and verse 19. We we specifically emphasize the word of Jesus came to set the captives free. And when I looked up the word captive, I'm going to define it again. Um, We said that the definition of captive is a person who has been taken prisoner or an animal that has been confined, imprisoned or confined. Sis. Jesus's entire reason for coming to this earth was to one, bring the good news to the poor and the poor could be poor could be a word that is streamlined in so many areas. But I'm just going to point to the point of the setting the captives free. When we feel imprisoned in our mind, when we feel captive in our mind, when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel sad, we feel like we're never going to get past something, when we feel like we can't move past a situation or get over something or or experience forgiving someone. We feel captive in our mind. Jesus's whole role was for us to be set free by him. Y'all, that took me out because I think a lot of times we think that, yeah, we hear Jesus's name and there's power in his name, but like there really isn't freedom. The whole point of him coming was for us to be free. And so when I talk to y'all about giving things to the Father, laying it down to him, putting it on the cross, Jesus died for everything. And so even though I'm talking about managing anxiety, I really have been hesitant to talk about specific mental health topics. And, you know, I, I, I think it's been um, something personal that for me and, you know, I have had to really just give that to God because I never want to have my own bias about whatever anybody else is going through. But there's a root issue behind whatever you're experiencing. This is why I tell y'all to go to therapy because a lot of times we think that it's somebody else's fault or it's somebody um, or it's something that we're going through or the circumstance is the reason why we're experiencing anxiety. Anxiety really is tied to fear. Like if I'm just going to be honest, it's a fear of something happening. It's a fear of something not happening. You get nervous. You worry. You're usually like constantly thinking about it over and over. And that is not something I feel like God wants us to feel. And not to say that it's going to happen, not to say that you won't experience fear, not to say that things in your life are not going to be a little bit scary. But when there's like anxiety that's tied to a situation that makes you feel like you cannot move past it, 
that's when we really have to address like what the root issue of that anxiety is. So for me, much of my anxiety that I used to feel was tied to, if I can just state a couple of things, like I used to be very anxious that I wasn't fulfilling the purpose that God called me to. Or I used to feel very anxious that I was a bad Christian because I didn't do this, 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 and this. Or I used to feel like when I made a mistake, oh, that was a big one, sis. When I made a mistake that God was angry towards me and that I just wasn't good enough to be his child. I used to feel like... um, Somebody's going to get mad if I say something to them or say something to them about how I feel like they're going to be angry with me. So I don't want to have I don't want to hurt their feelings. So I just won't say anything. But I'm harboring over whatever it is. I used to be sad. or I used to be really anxious about when. Um, Things will happen in family situations with people like just feeling overloaded with like, what is what is my family member going to say? Or like, I don't want to hurt their feelings or I don't want to feel like I'm tied down to whatever is happening. Or if I didn't commit to something that somebody wanted me to do, that I'm a bad Christian. Or if I didn't give all my time and give my uh, energy to everything, everybody that I'm not being kind to people and that God is not going to approve. But really, y'all, I had no peace. I had no peace in my mind. I had no peace in my life. I was just always thinking that I had to be and be everything to everybody. And the reality of the situation was was that I was bound in my mind and anxious over everything for everyone else, but really what was necessarily necessary for me in my life. And so I think of the scripture that talks about love others as you love yourself. I didn't love myself. So therefore, I couldn't love people appropriately. My love was a false was a false love because it was always tied to me thinking that I had to do for others all the time. And not to say like giving is not I'm not I'm not saying that giving isn't needed, but many times we put so much emphasis on doing and doing and doing that we end up we're tired we give so much to other people when we're really empty and so this is why I say like therapy should be an outlet for you like that place where you are able to give that time to yourself give that time to God for him to like refill you up pour back into you heal some wounds like if you go to the ICU There's not many people that can go to the ICU with you. Like you don't get visitors all the time. It's probably one person in there that could be with you. You probably can only have, you have a nurse 24 hours a day, seven days a week, constantly checking on you. It's a one-to-one ratio between you and that nurse. And a lot of times if you're healing, you're trying to, you're trying to deal with whatever you're trying to heal from that you're not able to have a lot of access to people. And so, so we have to recognize that <clears throat> there is a time that you have to go through when you're in a healing space. And there's a time that you have to go through when you're dealing with stuff. It took me a year, pretty much a year to be comfortable with talking about all the stuff I had to heal from. <clears throat> 
There was so much time invested into me going to therapy every single week. There was so much time invested into making sure I spent time with God. There was so much time invested into me fasting and really praying to God about what was going on with me that it was overwhelming to think that I had to talk about what I was dealing with. And so when we talk about managing anxiety, I really want you all to think about what is the cause and the root of why you're so anxious, because that will give you an awareness of what it is that might be holding you back. Much of our anxiety is tied to a situation and or something that may have happened early on. When a seed is planted, it grows if we don't uproot it. If we're constantly watering that seed, if we're constantly over, over putting a lot of things towards whatever we're overwhelmed about, it's going to grow to something. And so when we talk about so when I talk about this managing anxiety, like you just got to really take an assessment of what's happening and especially for my those that are in therapy, like talk to your therapist about what is triggering you. A trigger is something that happens, like let's say if you're a person that goes from zero to 100 very fast, like you get mad very quickly, or you're someone that doesn't trust people. And so when there's a situation where you're put into a very sociable situation where you have to share something about yourself, you're not really open with doing that because you feel like everybody's not being Everybody's not worth being trusted. That is tied to something that has happened in your life that makes you feel like somebody has lost trust in you. And so there's this grudge that we hold. And I'm just specifically talking about trusting others. There's this grudge that we hold where we're thinking that everybody's against us. And I'm not saying that it's not real because there's pain tied to that. But if you don't ever talk about the pain or the feeling of what it meant to be disappointed, you'll never get past it. If we don't deal with being in ICU and the pain and the healing and somebody digging up all up in our stitches and and cutting them, we won't be able to deal with what we won't be able to overcome whatever it is to be fully healed. And so I gave this example on my live where I was talking about when you think about being in a healed space. Much of the time, for people who are survivors of cancer, like let's just talk about cancer, for example. My mother was is a cancer survivor. She can relate so much to people who are currently going through cancer treatment because she remembers the pain of what happened when she was dealing with cancer. However, if she was like holding a grudge against God or holding... um or holding on to, or maybe even still sick, or maybe even maybe even still being sick and dealing with the sickness, it can be harder when you're still in that mind space to empathize with other people. Because when you're sick, you're and when you're not healed, you're not thinking about anybody else. You're really just kind of focused on what's going on with you. But when she's healed and she's overcome, she can empathize more with people who are sick. I'll give this I'll give another example of this because I talked about this as well. Let's say you were in a really bad relationship and you broke up with this person. You broke up with somebody and you just now have functioned under this mentality of all men are dogs, or another term I could use would be I'm not gonna even use that term, but or men ain't whatever. Y'all know the word I'm trying to say. And you come from the mindset that all men are dogs and you always come from a hill place. Let's say your friend who is 
in a relationship currently and having some problems and she's really feeling like men aren't amazing and men aren't whatever you're not going to really knowing where you're at knowing you've dealt with her you're not gonna come to your friend and be like oh girl it's okay you know sometimes men you'll find the right guy someday or this you cannot it's harder for you to empathize with her and there's a point to all this it's harder for you to empathize with her because you're coming from a space where you were hurt And so it becomes a thing where you then attach to her pain and just become in agreement with whatever she's dealing with instead of really giving her encouragement and um, feedback that could be helpful to her. It just becomes a thing where y'all are both saying like all men are dogs. And that's not where God wants us to be. God wants us to provide encouragement to those that are hurting. He wants us to be able to help those that are encouraging. He wants us to be able to say, no, sis, remember what God says. Like God wants to bless us. He doesn't want to want us to be in pain. You can get through this. If it means you have to break up with him and move on, like you can overcome this, not all men are dogs, sis. Like, let's just, let's just be on a hot girl summer type mentality. Like that's not, positive and again I'm not saying that this is not sometimes I'm not trying to make a thing of sometimes you're gonna not feel but the point of what I'm trying to say is you gotta realize what the trigger is you gotta go to therapy and work through what the root of the issue is where is the disappointment that's tied to that where is the disappointment that's tied to you not trusting people and go back to this space and feel the pain of it give it to God and let him heal you. And it may mean you walking through what it was. And so when I talk about setting the captives free, Jesus can recognize our pain because he walked through it. He walked through people being for him and then talking about him behind his back. He walked through people accusing him of things that he never did. He walked through disappointment. He walked through having an assignment that was hard. He walked through being scared. He walked through all these things so he can empathize with what we're going through and even know, like, I get it. I get that you want to sometimes turn up, but is that the best thing to do? And why he's so compassionate and can be empathetic to us and pull us back in. So when I talk about managing anxiety, God gets what we're, where we're coming from. He, he understands that we might have some issues with perfectionism. Like that was one of my biggest ones. I had an issue with performance, performing for God and performing for his love, which was why there were scriptures in the Bible that talked about don't perform. Like Paul said, I could boast about all my accomplishments, but I would rather boast in my weaknesses to give him glory. I don't have to earn God's love. I just trust him because I I know that he has a record of amazing things that he's done in my life. And so when I talk about this, anxiety can be streamed from a ton of different situations. You've got to talk through what it is. And so I will, again, I will preach this till I'm blue in the face. Take y'all bus to therapy. Deal with whatever you're dealing with. Deal with whatever is overwhelming you. And if you're just starting, don't have the expectation that you're going to be perfect or figure it out. I know people who've been in therapy for two years. I know people who've been in therapy for three years because it's just taken that much time. And if you feel like, too, you've been in therapy for a year and you and your therapist have kind of hit a place where y'all can, y'all have, you know, accomplished a lot. Tell her, like, I'm still struggling with this. Like, revisit some things if you need to. 
um, because it, it, this is a lifelong process. This isn't something that's going to be, um, you're going to constantly be working through. I still work through sometimes not being anxious. However, when I am anxious, I more I can recognize more of what the root of the issue is and I can work through it a lot easier. And so going back to the thing of um, setting the captives free, we have to know that we have le- we don't have we have the legal right to ask for peace legally in God's in who God is as children of him. We have so many blessings that we have legal rights to. We have the legal right to peace. And if you don't have peace, you have the legal right to go to God and say, the devil has tormented me for this, 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 this reason. This is why you need to know what your trigger is. So you can say, when I was in ninth grade, my mama said this to me, and it has now stemmed into this whole route where I have a grudge against my mama or I have a grudge against my family because they... Um, I was rode off because I got pregnant when I was a teenager or something like that. And so I have I don't trust people because if the if my family disown me, that means everybody must disown me. And so I have this grudge I feel towards my family and it has tormented me my whole life to where I don't trust people. You have legal right to say to God, God, I was rode off when I was a teenager. And I know that you never write me off, even though sometimes I feel like if my family did it, you would do it. But I know because your word says you would never leave me nor forsake me, you wouldn't do it. So help me understand. And and also, God, forgive me for feeling like I have to hold this grudge and that I'm being prideful for holding this grudge. I ask for freedom now in my mind and my heart in Jesus name. And I crucify to the cross. And by the blood of Jesus, I have peace. Now, that's not the stopping place because there's still some things you may have to work through in like understanding like all the times that you might have been hurt and asking God, I forgive this person for hurting me for these reasons. And it is a process. Healing is a process. Sometimes it can be instant. Sometimes it takes time. Lazarus was dead for three days. And Jesus let that happen to show the power of resurrection, the power of him bringing him up to something for the purpose of God getting glory. So sometimes your healing may take a couple of things you have to work through. Sometimes it's instant. So um, I know I'm speaking from a place of like real live, like spiritual words, but let's get into some practical things that you can do. So the first thing is learning to walk with God, ask for forgiveness, like I ask for forgiveness all the time on things. Ask God for forgiveness. Ask God to forgive you for holding a grudge. Ask God to forgive you for feeling like you have to be perfect. Ask God to forgive you for feeling like you know how to manage your life. Ask God to forgive you for suppressing emotions and not giving them to him. Ask God to forgive you for the worry you feel because he is all sufficient he is the he is the sufficient God. Ask for forgiveness and repent. Like repent means to turn back to him, to turn your heart back to him. Depression and anxiety have no right to our lives. We have to forgive others. And this is not an easy process, y'all. Like it took me so long to forgive family. It took me so long to get to a place where I'm confident to speak this to you. Because for so long I was like, God, we have been talking about confidence for my whole time I've been in therapy. And what God had to show me was like, 
you're going to be, you're, this is going to be a process for you because it's never been poured into you. This seed was planted in therapy. So you're constantly having to combat the weeds that want to grow around this seed that you planted from the past. You got to keep watering the seed, sweetheart. And so I constantly went to him. I constantly fasted. I constantly said to him, like, I want you to take whatever is making me not confident away. And it got easier. And really what it was, was I pushed, I put myself constantly in this uncomfortable situations. I constantly put myself in a place where it's like, I can't rely on my perfection. I have to make, I'm just going to have to make mistakes and be okay with the mistakes and be in a place where I have to speak up or put myself in a place where my voice matters. And it got easier. And when I overcame, instead of being fearful, I just stepped into it. And when I overcame, it was like, you mean to tell me I've had these gifts or I don't have to be tied to fear because you really will provide strength in the time? Like it was so strange to me. It was something that I was like, this really could be something. And I'm over here thinking that I'm fearful and not stepping into whatever is for me because I'm scared that it's not going to work. And really the reality of the situation is we think so much times like, what is this person going to say if I do this? People ain't thinking about us. Like, Folks not really that pressed, to be honest with you. Whatever you're wanting to do, folks really are not pressed about you. People would probably be excited if you stepped out and did what you think you couldn't do. So let's just kind of get into some practical tips for your mind. Like control, feeling like you have to be in control because anxiety a lot of times is, is a means where you're out of control. Control is tied to fear. That's the root of the issue is fear. Do you fear something is not going to work out? Do you fear like you won't be seen as the expert? Do you feel like you have to be perfect? Do you have a tro- you have a problem with making mistakes? And so a way to probably combat this, what positive things are you pouring into your mind? Like, what are you constantly pouring into your mind all the time? Do you spend so much time on social media taking in what other people are doing, other people's successes, that you begin to not be content and satisfied with your own life? I would say go on a social media break. You, I go on social media breaks all the time. All the time. I need to do one again soon. But all the time, I, I'll go on social media breaks. If you have a business, like, give your business to God. Y'all listen, the time when I wasn't posting on the podcast, I still had people listen to the podcast because I know that it's not about me. If I'm not 100%, if my mind space isn't 100%, I'm not going to get on here and talk because I would rather talk when I'm 100% than pour out and be halfway empty. God rested on the seventh day when he made the earth. You got to give your mind a break sometimes from all the clutter and noise. Turn off the music. Turn off, be okay with sitting in silence. Sometimes that's where God will, will talk to you when you sit in silence. Sometimes that's when things will just come to your mind. Pour into your mind positive things. Start listening to some sermons that are more positive. I unfollowed the shade room about six months ago because I was just like, I can't continue to follow the shade room. It's just too much negative stuff. 
too much other people's and celebrities lives who are probably like sad themselves so start muting some people on your social media that's what you got to do like just pour back into yourself pour the word of god into your heart and your mind your spirit start talking to people who are positive we sit up on the phone and gossip about other people and everything and they're doing in their lives but what positive things are your friends pouring into you if you if you don't feel like you have positive friendships start going to church and get into some small groups at your church amazing church would be like transformation church they pastor michael todd is amazing uh pastor um darius daniels of the change church he has a he has amazing i'm gonna link all these pastors below sarah jakes roberts torrey roberts pastor stephen furtick pour your pour some messages into your mind that are of truth and of god so that you can stop feeling so bound by negative things. Think of a gla- think of a glass of water. If you pour something black into that water, that water is going to be diluted. It's going to be a whole different color. That's what happens when you pour negative things into your mind. Your mind completely changes. It's it changes the way it looks. But when you pour water into water, that water is going to stay clear. Are you dwelling on positive messages to encourage you? Um, are you dwelling on scriptures? One thing I used to do all the time last year was anxiety. There's so many scriptures in the Bible and really anxiety. You need to look up scriptures on anxiety, scriptures on your identity in Christ, um, scriptures on God's love and start dwelling on those scriptures. I used to take like two or two scriptures and just and just review them every week, like every day for a week. And cause I just would read the same scripture over and over and over and over again, every day for a week, I would, um, type it out, print it off, put it on my desk at work, put it on my laptop at work, put it on my mirror if I had to. And I would just look at that scripture to remind myself of who I was. Colossians, um, two ten, I think it was, was one of the scriptures. Um, let me look up what that, cause there was a bunch of them. Um so we so you are also complete through the union with Christ who is the head over every ruler and authority. That was one that would oh gosh. Um the other one would be complete through your union with Christ. I'm complete through God. Like I when you're when you think of something that's complete, you lack nothing. You, I am complete because he has he is head over every ruler and authority. There was another scripture that um, I think I want to say it was scripture. I'm going to look up where it says we are God's Ephesians 2.10 was another one for we are God's masterpiece. I looked up with the word masterpiece and it was I talked about this before on the podcast where it was like the picture in Paris or the picture when you go to these museums of these amazing paintings. And there are masterpieces in people's eyes when you go see them. But it's, the Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. We are God created us beautiful. He has created us anew in Christ so we can do the good things he planned for us to do. He created us new in, in Jesus. When we came to God and we were born again, he created us new in God so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. These are the things you need. You need to dwell on scripture to pour pour the positive, pour the water, pour the clear juice, sis, back into your mind. 
that's something you got to remember. Also, are you someone, um, another thing that is practical that you can do is limit your alcohol intake. I, I don't know if somebody, um, and I'm not saying don't drink, but if you find yourself drinking to suppress emotions, I'm going to read to you, alcohol is a depressant. So let's look at, I'm going to read something to you and I'm going to link all this stuff below for you. But it says drinking profoundly alters an individual's mind, behavior, and neuropsychological functioning. For many people, alcohol consumption is a means of relaxation. However, the effects of alcohol and hangovers can induce anxiety and increase stress. So when you're drinking alcohol, even though it's relaxing you, it's really making things worse. It can make your anxiety rise. Alcohol can depress. Depress means just kind of calm down, slow down the, ner- the central nervous system so much that it results in impairments such as slurred speech, unsteady movement, disturbed, disturbed perceptions, and inability to react quickly. Mentally, alcohol reduces an, an individual's ability to think rationally, lessens inhibitations, and distorts judgment. For an individual who consumes too much alcohol too rapidly, they can depress depress the nervous system to a point of respiratory failure, coma, or death. But there was something else I wanted to um, read. I think that was the thing I wanted to read where it increases your anxiety. But the point I'm trying to say is like you're using alcohol as a point to deal with whatever, and it's only making it worse. Because then at that point, you're only relying on that use to deal with whatever you're dealing with and it's not making the feelings go away same thing for marijuana same thing for all these other things now somebody asked me a question about medication for anxiety I have a lot of feelings about that um but I'm gonna pray to God about how to present that because I'm not fully there yet but just as these these drugs and um alcohol like y'all have to really deal with whatever you're dealing with because if you don't, you're only suppressing whatever you're trying to feel. And it doesn't it doesn't solve the issue. It only makes it worse. And so um, so some things I want you to think about, especially if you're in therapy, is what are your triggers for anxiety? What are the things that come up for you? Is it family that triggers you? Is it relationships? Do you feel like you have some triggers that bring up some stress and stuff related to work? Do you need to take a day off? Do you need to take a couple vacation days? Like I take vacation days all the time to not even go anywhere just to take off work, to sleep in, to go do some stuff that I'm not able to do during the week, to go handle some business for myself as a point to rest and just recoup. Sometimes you need to get away from your boss. Sometimes you need to get away from your coworkers to just get a break. Are you finding that you have problems with being content where you are? Do you have problems with your confidence? Do you not feel fully confident in who you are and where you are? Look for and look for the patterns. So some other things that you could do to help with managing anxiety is journal and brain dump. That is something I keep a journal, sis. I will literally sometimes just like I'm so stressed out. I just write. I write what I'm feeling. I write what's going on. I'm writing about what happened this week. If you do this for um, every couple days for a couple weeks, you'll begin to see some patterns of what are some things that are overwhelming you and then you're able to address. This is why I talk about my therapy reflection journal. And for my new listeners, I have a journal that is designed for those that are in therapy. 
You can buy it on Amazon. I'll link it below. It's called the Therapy Reflection Journal. It is a journal designed for those that are in therapy to go when you go to therapy, write notes from your sessions, get homework, um, write down all the things that you get from your therapy sessions, and then take those things and do the reflections, reflect, journal. There's an extra space for you in the back if you're a person that's long-winded and likes to write a lot. But use this as a way to be able to journal about your process because if we, if we, sometimes we hold so much stuff in our heads that when we get it out on paper, it's less overwhelming. And so sometimes you just, to manage anxiety, maybe journaling. It may be listening to some calm music and just sitting and breathing for a couple of minutes. Because when you're anxious, you have a hard time breathing. You're in and out, like your, your mind goes into panic mode where you can even experience actual panic attacks. And so these are things that I feel like God wants to free us from. But a lot of times we have to figure out what the root of the issue is. And so these are some ways that you can deal kind of daily. Um, I still think you should go to therapy and really talk through it. Um, but these are some things that you could do. Worship, worship, worship. I have a worship playlist. If you're experiencing anxiety or feeling overwhelmed, turn on some worship music and just sit in God's presence. Create that atmosphere for him to come in and comfort you. Do you realize how badly the Holy Spirit wants to comfort you? Do you realize how badly God, like how much God loves you and adores you? I know it may not feel like that sometimes, but he adores you. You are his creation. He created you. Imagine being your being with your child and your child is sad and they're blocking you off from comforting them. You know how much that would hurt you as a parent? So imagine the creator, you're his child and he and you block him off from comforting you. That is not God's will for us to block him off. He wants to comfort us. Even if we sometimes feel like we don't trust him enough to comfort us, if you give him the opportunity, let him in, he would. And so give God the space. Turn on some worship music. I have a worship playlist, y'all. Go listen to it. Turn it on and just sit in the presence of God for five minutes. Even if you listen to one song, sit in the presence of God for five minutes and say, God, I give you my concerns and my worries. Because I trust you to know that you would handle it for me. Another thing you can do is rest. Like sleep is a big thing for me, sis. Like I am a sleeper. I nap and I don't feel no shame. Because sometimes we're running ourselves raggedy. And we're so anxious that we have a hard time sleeping at night. What's a nightly routine that you can create? What is something that you can start getting your body used to turning off at night? Is it turning your phone off right before uh, two hours before you go to bed? What can what's a routine that you create in the evening time that can get your body um, calm so you're not so overwhelmed and anxious? Another thing that you can do is pray. I pray when I'm overwhelmed. I just like sit up there and say, God, I really need help with this, this, this. And I, and I just remind him like you are, you are my father. If you are these things, like you have to help me in this time. Like you said you would never leave me. If you said these things, like I need you to help me because I'm overwhelmed. And a lot of times I will feel calm after I pray. Sometimes I don't feel calm, but I still put it on God to be able to help me. 
So again, you have to recognize what is making you anxious. A couple more things and then we're going to end. Working on your diet. This is something I need to really start doing too. Like, what are you eating? Because a lot of times, foods like fast food and junk foods. Have you have you found have you seen like when you eat junk food and fast food, how tired you are afterwards? Like, food can be a thing if you're not getting the proper nutrition, getting enough rest, exercising. I'm starting back at the gym in August. This it's been an all year challenge for me. Um, but some other things you could do is learn how to take deep breaths, like take two minutes, put a timer on your phone for two minutes and do some deep breathing where you're you're increasing like a balloon in your stomach and doing some deep breaths. Um, volunteer. That is something where you can volunteer and give back, where you can actually get a break from your day and give your time to someone, not to say to overload yourself, but as a way to like volunteer um, and again, just do, talk to your therapist, have an outlet. This is why we have to do this. Now, I'm probably going to do another episode on managing anxiety because I do feel like it's something that I've gotten a lot of questions about anxious. We're, we're, we are we we have become a society of worriers. We worry so much about what's going to happen next. Is your worries financial? Like, are you worrying about money? Do you have a budget? That could be the first thing you need to do. Financial stress is a whole different kind of stress. But if you are, are you on a budget? Do you really manage your money? Do you spend all your money shopping or on fast food? Like, do you need to go to the grocery store? Y'all need to take your stuff to Aldi. Like, there are so many things that we can do action-wise that we can't blame other people for. We got to put some action behind it for ourselves. So... Um, that's really it. I, I wanted this episode to be extremely practical. I did give a little bit of scripture, but I tried to be in a more practical mindset because I know that I can give a lot of scripture sometimes and talk very spiritual. But these are some daily things that you can do to help with managing anxiety and stress. Um, if you are looking for a therapist, make sure you register for my webinar. Um, and I will be sure to, again, I pray for y'all and... I just want you to be healed in Jesus' name and we can all walk in who we are in him. So sign up for the webinar, follow me on Instagram, write and uh, leave a review for the podcast. And that's all for today. And I will talk to y'all soon.